Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com Select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 106.1. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King. On Sports 106.1. And good morning, everyone. Friday morning on the Sports King Show. And I tell you what, just when you think it's safe, just when you think there's some good news happening, and we're going to talk all about the situation with the NBA because, of course, excitement galore last night. I want to go back momentarily to headquarters, the Sports King Sports Desk. Ben Maitland is standing by, and Ben just made an announcement at the end of Sports Phone with the legendary broadcaster himself, Big Al Coleman, BAC as I call him. And to start the program today, I wanted to come on with a bevy of great news, a lot of excitement, which I'm still going to bring you. But Ben Maitland has this now. I'm going to throw it back to him. Update on the Milwaukee Brewers Major League Baseball situation. And Ben, as you said on the end of the Big Al show and the start of our show, not the news we wanted heading into the weekend. No, Jamie, good morning to you. Yeah, I'll uh, follow up with what I had just just been saying at the end of Al's show just a couple of minutes ago, that the Brewers' home opener was supposed to take place this afternoon against the St. Louis Cardinals up at Miller Park. Uh, Joel Sherman and John Heyman were the first ones on this, best I can tell this morning. Uh, longtime baseball reporters, they both confirmed that the Cardinals-Brewers game has been postponed due to a positive coronavirus test. I can't tell right now if it's on the Cardinals or the Brewers' side. I think – I'll double-check for you here in just a second. I want to say it's on the Cardinals' side. Uh, they were, from what Joel Sherman says, self-isolating at their hotel. So I believe it's on the Cardinals' side. They are not going to the park. Again, that was supposed to be the home opener for Milwaukee. And Jeff Passan has followed up. He's confirmed it. So, again, Brewers-Cardinals postponed this afternoon. It was supposed to be, I think, a 2-10 first pitch. But that is not going to happen. Again, Brewers-Cardinals postponed. Uh, Jeff Passan, also in his tweet from a few minutes ago, it says, unclear how many positive tests. But now, to this point, positives had been limited to teams in the East with the Miami Marlins, the Philadelphia Phillies being affected. Now you have teams a team or teams in the central also affected. So we'll keep uh, 
keep our eyes out for anything else that breaks on the story here this morning, and I will let you know if I have something here in a bit. Thank you very much. That's Ben Maitland with that breaking news. No cars, no brewers, and you just wonder, folks, as I've said, no pun intended here, but is it a house of cards in Major League Baseball? Is this the tip of the iceberg? We keep seeing and hearing, well, we can overcome this, we can get by this. It's happening here, isolated here, isolated there, but how many of these games can be canceled over a 60-game formatted season? Uh, it's not 162, it's 60. How many of them can be missed and can continue with the season and try to get through this? Uh, of course, Rob Manfred has been saying all the right things. Much ado about nothing. We're going to be able to get through it. DDD, da-da-da, not a problem. We can find a way. We've got all these aspects built in. We counted on some of this happening. Yes, but how many players will have to be called up if this continues to be the trend? How many games can be realistically missed and still have some kind of season where people feel like whoever's uh, winning the championship is basically a real champion? You start wondering about these type of things. Going to take your phone calls on this Friday, 804-327-0888. What do you think? Baseball going to continue? you think it is going to be successful? Do you think it's going to be derailed? What's your take? By the way, Ben, I had a question the single, speaking of our great friend, the legendary broadcaster himself, Big Al Coleman, the song written by Paul Simon from the Graceland album, September 5th, 1986, it was released. You can call me Al. I'm just wondering if you could check on this research-wise. Was the Paul Simon uh, song on the hit album Graceland from September of 1986, was that done uh, is paying a respectful uh, note, if you will, for Big Al Coleman. Did he know Big Al Coleman? Because, of course, Big Al says he knows Al, uh, of course, Nick Saban, and he spent some time with him. Did Paul Simon and Al Coleman spend time together, and was he the guy and the influence behind the song, You Can Call Me Al? Ben will check on that. I will effort line. that. I don't think so, but I, it's, it never hurts to double-check and check the Wikipedia page for Graceland. You know how Al is. He'll tell us, you know, Hoss, I was that guy. I am that guy. So who knows? Anyway, we'll we'll go with it as it is right now. But i tell you what, we'd love to hear from you on this Friday, 804-327-0888. We've got a lot to get to today. Of course, that news, not what we wanted to start the show with about the Brewers Cardinals being canceled for now. But we're going to follow it, as Ben said, closely. want to let you know that the NBA – otherwise known as the association, off to a flying start last night. And if you watch this, it was very creatively done, and I thought Adam Silver and the NBA and all the staff and support staff deserve a tremendous amount of credit. And we've got some cuts to go to from this uh, event last night, which was opening night for the NBA. Of course, two games on tap. Could you ask for anything more in terms of outcomes in the first game, it was the Jazz and Pelicans playing to a two-point game. And in the nightcap, the Clippers in the Lake Show played to a two-point game. So from a standpoint of after all these months off and all the time away, we expected some major drop-offs. And yes, some play was sloppy, but when they got back to it, it definitely was something that we were happy to see in terms of the performances and the outcomes. We want to play some clips for you. These two were the first two points scored in this restart. This is Rudy Gobert from the Jazz. Let's take a listen to the two points first scored in the restart. Gobert, back in on favors. Nice spin and the bucket and the foul. 
Rudy Gobert gets things started. So Rudy Gobert, who was one of the guys that helped things end, of course, if you remember, he's the guy that touched all the microphones and infected his teammate and thought it was kind of a joke. Now he's back on track scoring the first point. So that was kind of uh, ironic to see that happen. And, of course, in this game, all kinds of excitement. And there were some uh, limited minutes from Zion Williamson. But the rookie did not disappoint. Let's listen to Zion going airborne with a pass from Lonzo Ball. Sound effects that you hear. That would be the sound that you'd hear down under. Strong finish. Zion Williamson on a special delivery. Special delivery indeed from Zion, the rookie. Just incredible. But his minute restriction, in my opinion, end up costing uh, the Pelicans this victory. Of course, they end up uh, on the tail end of the 106-104 loss. And here is how it went down. The final play of that Pelicans-Jazz game. Let's take a listen. Redick is going to be a big part of this play. Nobody's going to want to give up a three, so the defense will be spread out, and you will get a chance to attack the rim. Here comes Redick off the screen. Oh, the lead. Ingram rims out, and it's over. The Utah Jazz hold on. Brandon Ingram missed it on a three-pointer that would have put the Pelicans in front. The NBA is back. NBA is back indeed, and it's the Jazz advancing in this game, 106-104. When you look at the box score in this, Brandon Ingram he played really well, 33 minutes, 23 points, uh, eight rebounds, uh, and definitely played well throughout Zion, 15 minutes. And I know he was away. He had some personal things to deal with, but the restrictions on Zion, I thought, was the undoing of the Pelicans. He didn't play enough in this game we didn't see enough of him he was six of eight on field goals 13 points for the game of course uh, did not have the impact we hoped only one assist no blocks and uh, didn't do a whole lot on the rebounding side but 15 points there Alonzo Ball 27 minutes only four points uh, Holiday had 20 points for the Pelicans as well and they didn't get a ton off the bench other than Redick. He was the one guy that really came through for him in 26 minutes with 21 points. Other than that, the uh, Hart was the only other guy with 10 points. So when you look at what happened there, a uh, very competitive game, something that was exciting just to see basketball back in the form that it was. It was one of those things where you were excited and finally got to see something coming back there. Now, from the Jazz standpoint, Rudy Gobert, 14 points. Conley had 20 uh, point guard is outstanding. He did a great job. Mitchell, a guy that Donovan Mitchell, we love him here on the Sports King Show, 20 points. So between Conley and Mitchell, 40 points there. And a big uh, night off the bench for Clarkson, 23 points there. So when you look at the situation, it was the Jazz 106-104, highly competitive. And as I have said, watch this Pelicans team because here's the deal. They lose by two points when their star rookie, Zion Williamson, only plays 15 minutes. What happens is he gets his sea legs under him and he gets back into this thing and we head towards the playoffs. Zion could be a major factor and will be a major factor down the stretch with this Pelican team. While I'm not ready to say they're going to advance and go deep into the playoffs, make a big run, I am going to say this. They better be circled as a team to watch because they can come into any uh, situation game-wise and, and just take your heart from you if you let them because these young guys are ready to play. And last night you saw a little bit of what they can do. Zion, of course, 15 minutes did not have a chance to show everything he could do. And the Pelicans fall in a very competitive game. 
But in that fourth quarter, the Jazz outscored him by 10, 27, 17. That was the big differentiator there last night. In the nightcap, it was the Lake Show finding a way in this game exciting as well. Paul George for the Clippers had 30 points. The Lakers were led by A.D. Anthony Davis, 34 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. He looked like he was in midseason form as absolutely these two guys went at it. And LeBron, of course, had the heroics in this game. But when you look at the game, we'll take a listen now to Paul George late in the game as this thing went on. And then you look at the point-by-point quarter differential. The first one was the Lakers jumping out early, 35-23. Then it was the Clippers in the second quarter, 29-19, outscoring a very competitive third, 25-27. And a close one in the fourth, 27-24, Lakers uh, defeated them in the fourth quarter and win the game 103-101. But it was Paul George who had 30 points in this game that tied the game at 101. What a shot it was, and this is what it sounded like when the Clippers tied the Lakers in the final moments of last night's game. Here's George. He's gone 5 of 9. That shot good! It's a three, and it ties the game at 101. Kevin Harlan, is there anybody better than Kevin Harlan's in terms of excitement. He gets you going. And, uh, of course, he's the same guy that did LeBron James with a dunk with no regard for human life. you got to love Kevin Harlan and uh, what he does. And then, of course, it came down to the final seconds, and LeBron James being LeBron James, of course, always exciting, always there, always dependable, a guy that's going to come up with a big play at the big time. He. That's why he's King James. And, of course, in this game, he played 34 minutes, had 16 points, but none were bigger than these two. Let's take a listen to how it all ended with the Lake Show and the Sacramento Clippers. Here it is. Four-second difference. So the Los Angeles Lakers over the L.A. Clippers last night. Los Angeles loses on the Clippers' side, and the L.A. Lakers pull this one out. Anthony Davis, the difference in this one, 35 minutes. I didn't think he was going to play that much. He went 34 points, and as I said, dominant, eight rebounds, four assists, did it all. LeBron chipping in. When you look at the Lakers, all in all, they got some good uh, play off the bench. Kyle Kuzma and Deion Waiters I thought was the X factor in this game with 11 points. What's your take on this game? on the NBA restart as the Lakers win 103-101. It is really exciting to see, and I felt that the excitement on the floor and the excitement from the announcers, they did everything they could to give you the best feeling of a game minus fans. Of course, it's always uh, tough when you have no fans, and of course we knew there were no fans, but to see some play that we've been wanting to see, it was definitely exciting to see it back in an NBA arena in that type of setting, even though... It wasn't uh, the way we're used to it with the fans. Now, today, in terms of the NBA, a slate that you're going to really like if you're an NBA fan, it starts at uh, 2.30. You've got the Magic at the Nets. This one is the Orlando Magic's uh, seven-point favorites over and under 2.11 in this game. Uh, The Grizzlies at 4 p.m., Take on the Trailblazers, Damian Lillard. Portland favored by three in this one over under 223.5. At 4 p.m., the Suns at the Wizards. Uh, Phoenix minus seven in this one over 223.5. The Wizards, really, I don't even know why they went. Uh, They have no Bradley Beal, 
And, uh, of course, they have some of their key players are out. So the Wizards are really shorthanded in this one, and I expect a very short stay in Orlando for the Wizards. The Celtics at 6.30 take on the Bucks Could be the game of the day without question. Milwaukee favored by 4.5 over under 218.5. And then the Kings take on the Spurs at 8 o'clock. Sacramento minus 3 over under 221 in this one. The Rockets at the Mavericks. And that basically closes it out, uh, Dallas minus one and a half over under 229. And, of course, Luka in this game, uh, Doncic for the Mavericks. Watch this guy. This game will really be, I've got the number one game of the day being the Celtics and the Bucks, but the game with the Rockets-Mavericks, what a way to close it out because you've got the firepower of James Harden against Doncic from uh, the Mavericks. These guys are going to be going at it, trying to match each other. It's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. The over-under, 229, so even the odds makers feel the same way. What's your take on this NBA restart? What games are you looking forward to seeing today? What did you see last night that was exciting? Of course, the return of Zion Williamson, the return of King James. But I'm telling you, the Lakers need the contributions from uh, the folks that they haven't had in the past. Deion Waiters coming through. You don't have, of course, uh, any of the key guard play. Avery, Avery Bradley's not going to be there. And, of course, they've got uh, Rajon Rondo is now out with the thumb injury. So you've got some key missing pieces for the Lakers title run. But last night was an indicator that LeBron James is going to do what he's going to do at any point to try to win and get you over the hump. Deion Waiters and Kyle Kuzma, you got some folks that are there that are contributing in big ways. It's going to take those extra pieces that they have in order for the Lakers to win it all because it can't just be AD and King James. They can't rely on the two-headed monster. As dominant as those two guys are, I don't think they can carry them by themselves. They need help, and they need some great guard play and some guys off the bench, which they were able to get last night in the two-point win. Uh, Of course, it was 103-101, so it was a tightly contested game. Kawhi Leonard is another guy you cannot uh, overlook as well with the L.A. Clippers. You're looking at a guy there with the Clippers that he has been out for quite a long time as well. 33 minutes last night, he went a long way into this one. I didn't think he was going to. 28 points. He is always reliable. Paul George, of course, with the 30. So once again, these two guys, Leonard and George, carry the way, but they need more help. Uh, Marquise Morris Sr., of course, came with no points, and that's what you need off the bench. Patrick Beverly came in with 12 points. Uh, Green had eight. Patrick Patterson had five. So they had some contribution off the bench, but they're going to need more if they're going to try to win this whole thing. What's your take? 804-327-0888 at the top of the program. We learned from our producer, Ben Maitland, that the Brewers-Cardinals game is going to be canceled as the player has tested positive. That is our starting news. Unfortunately, um, not the news we wanted to relay to you right off the bat, but we understand what's going on with baseball, a fluid situation. We're hoping that we can get through some of this. Uh, The Cardinals game versus the Brewers has been canceled. This is through Jeff Passan. The reports that the Cardinals had multiple positives and it's not just one now, it's multiple, of course, and the Cardinals positives, uh, basically Major League Baseball's first positive test outside of the East Coast is another alarming situation. So 
just when we thought we had it kind of curtailed to that one area, it's now going different places. And that's the biggest worry I had for Major League Baseball is how far is this going to go? How much is it going to spread? We'd love to hear from you today, 804-327-0888 on this fabulous Friday, trying to get us towards the weekend here. And it's been a wet one last night. We expect some thunderstorms through the area. Of course, there is a hurricane warning down in the Florida area. And, of course, we're getting some remnants of that. And we'd love to hear from you and see what's on your mind in terms of the NFL. Of course, camp's underway. Awful quiet on the NFL front. Of course, Major League Baseball, we're hearing some news we're not happy with. The NBA returns in hockey as well. We've got a big slate plus some golfing going on as well. We'll talk about all that and more as the Sports King rolls on this Friday morning. Hi, this is Andre Collins, former Washington Redskin and Super Bowl champ. You're listening to Jamie King on the Sports King for 1061. Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the Podiatry Center, a renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts hard cast. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. You're listening to a man whose yoga instructor asked him how flexible he was, and he replied that he couldn't do Tuesdays. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome back, everyone. Friday morning on the Sports King. Facebook Live, Sports 1061. I'm talking to you, William Boozer, Somerville, South Carolina, the Dallas Cowboys, your team just announced there'll be no season tickets for 2020. No tickets, no can do. Does that mean nobody in Jerry World? I think that's what that means. No Cowboys fans allowed in the stadium. Joining, of course, the link in Philadelphia. No fans in Philadelphia. No fans to see the JETS. Jets, Jets, Jets at MetLife. No fans to see the G-Men. And now no fans in Jerry World. Dallas Cowboys will not have any fans for the foreseeable future 2020. Uh-uh, not going to happen. So Jerry will be up in the box by himself watching the team. Should be interesting times in Big D. I do want to let you know, love to hear from you today, 804 327 What's your take on the big announcement yesterday down in Tampa? We love you down there in Tampa. You Buccaneers fans been asking me about firing the cannons off the Jolly Roger and how much action is going to be happening down there. I said the red zone will be the place to watch this year with Tampa. So many points will be scored. And guess what happened yesterday? The word is out. Needing help from a running back situation, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are adding some high-powered offense with the gentleman known as Shady. Running back LaShawn McCoy agrees to a one-year deal with the team Thursday. 
According to agent Drew Rosenhaus, McCoy, 32, started nine games for the KC Chiefs last year, ran for 465 yards and four touchdowns on 10 carries. After Damian Williams seized the lead role towards the end of the season in the playoffs, McCoy was a healthy scratch for the Chiefs' Super Bowl victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Kind of disappointing that McCoy couldn't have got a few carries in that game, but was a healthy scratch. In Tampa, six-time Pro Bowl selection joins quarterback Tom Brady and tight end Rob Gronkowski as the latest veterans to come on board Coach Bruce Arians' team, and there are big expectations there. The Buccaneers boasted the third-ranked offense in uh, in the NFL last season and finished 24th in rushing with 95.1 yards a game. Ronald Jones returns as a presumptive starter. And third-round pick Kishon Vaughn could also figure in the rotation with McCoy adding depth. This is a big signing for the Buccaneers on many levels because McCoy is very adept to getting outside of the backfield, catching the circle routes, beating linebackers with his moves. He's dangerous in space. He can still make you miss. He's not the LaShawn McCoy of the past, but he's a guy that can make plays. I am excited about this for Buccaneers fans. You folks down watching in Tampa today have got to be excited. Is he in every down back? Is he a guy that's going to get the ball every down and make plays all over the field? No. That guy in that boat has sailed, but this guy can still make plays a la Joe Washington, a la Marshall Falk. Those type of plays outside the backfield where they catch the ball in space and make people miss, McCoy can still do that, albeit not every down. So when you look at Shady McCoy, it's a great signing for this Buccaneer offense because it gives Tom Brady a veteran presence behind him. Instead of a guy he's not sure of, he knows what he gets with McCoy, a guy that can make people miss. He can do choice routes. He can do all kinds of things to move the chains, and he can pick up tough yards inside with his slashing moves, and he's able to still make people miss. He's not the guy he was, but his talent is still enough to help the Buccaneers on the offensive side. This is a very, very good signing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I feel It's going to help them exponentially on the offensive side of the ball. Now, they still have some holes on the defensive side of the ball, which they need to address. But all in all, this offense right now in the red zone has a variety of ways to beat you. And let me line this up for you from my coaching aspect here. Let's say we line up and we've got Tom Brady under center. We know that. And let's say we have in the I formation, LaShawn McCoy behind them. If I'm coaching, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my X receiver over to the left. X, Y, Z is how we're going to go across the line here. My X receiver, of course, Mike Evans is going to be there. We know how big and tall he is and how versatile he is in that X route. My Y is going to be my tight end, Rob Gronkowski, and my Z is going to be Chris Godwin. So I've got three guys there that can kill you in a variety of ways. So let's say we go deep, three continual straight fly patterns. Let's say we go all go is the call. So Tom Brady says all go from the 25 in. Everybody drops back. Okay, so if they drop back in coverage and they go back and back and back and they're dropping, uh, trying to take away the deep threat, the deep ball in that 25-yard range, what's going to happen? You've got McCoy coming out of the backfield. If he's one-on-one in space and if they take everybody deep on a deep fly pattern in the end zone, that's going to leave that intermediate area wide open with a linebacker in a choice pattern. And if he puts a little move on somebody and catches the ball in space, he can get the ball down inside the 10, inside the 5, and maybe even pop one. So what I'm saying with this is 
this is a new weapon for Brady in terms of able to, if he doesn't have it through a standpoint of the air, he can do a circle pattern or he can do a draw, something to get to McCoy to get him in space because of the threat of the deeper pass. So this is why this running back aspect is going to help in any type of situation there. Now, if you load up to the side, you have your X and Y over here, or maybe you go trips to the left and then you flare McCoy out to the right. There's all kinds of packages under a Bruce Arians offense he can go with to try to get the isolation on the linebacker with McCoy. He is most dangerous in space. So am I loving this? I'm thinking, and I'm drawing last night, I'm going over plays and packages that I would love to institute with a McCoy because of the fact that those three guys demand coverages. And what are you going to do? Do you go with the height of Evans over there who can jump out of the building? Do you shade somebody over there, a safety over the top, and try to take him away? Do you then go down and isolate, leave one-on-one with Gronkowski? If you do, you're doing it at your own peril. You're going to have to try to bracket somebody with Gronkowski at the line. If you bracket him and have somebody shading over the top there... That's going to leave an isolation situation for Evans, and he can out-jump you and kill you there. So my worry on a defensive side is I got Evans who could kill me with his height and jumping ability and his speed, or I got Gronkowski over here that can bully me and try to mug me at the goal line and try to position and uh, box out and try to get a position where he can score a touchdown, which you know how he knows what Brady's doing just by looking at him. So those are scenarios there. He's not going to get one-on-one. You're going to have to bracket Gronkowski in that 25-yard range in. And oh, by the way, my Z receiver over here, Chris Godwin, is a speedy guy that can take a slant and he can take it to the house because the other two guys might clean out their real estate. So you've got a myriad of problems, folks, with this Buccaneers offensive squad. That's why I'm telling you folks out there, I'm giving you this answer to the test right now. Many of you have been texting, texting, asking me, what about my fantasy teams? Well, if the NBA, if the NFL goes off as planned, you need to circle this Buccaneer squad from a scoring standpoint. I think offensively, your most points you're going to rack up is going to be with this Buccaneer team because I just think that offensive red zone, and it's going to be something that's going to be high scoring and continual. And you got the guy back there, TB12, orchestrating the band. So that's what I'm saying. He's seen it, been there, done that. And now he has got a tremendous uh, array of weapons to deal with and he's got an outlet guy behind him in Shady McCoy that can make it happen from a backfield standpoint. So there we go. That's my take on this Buccaneer squad. Why am I giddy about it? Would I love to call plays for this group? You better believe it because I can get in the end zone with these guys because Brady I'm going to say this. Look over at Evans if he's got single coverage and he's singled up. We're going to go there. Gronkowski somehow doesn't draw double teams which you know he's going to. Somebody's got a shade. That safety's got a shade folks. And by shading, I'm saying that, you know, we've got somebody over there you've got to go to. I'm going to go to Evan's side. I'm going to go to Gronkowski's side. I can't play straight down the middle because he's going to give me a head fake and he's going to go to either one of them and I'm going to be in trouble. I've got to pick my poison, Gronkowski or Evans. And if I do, the speedy guy on the outside might get me and then my linebacker is left in an island with Shady McCoy. So that's a situation. Just a plethora a myriad of problems for any defensive coordinator. And if Bruce Arians is licking his chops, waiting for this to happen, we want to head out to the sports King hotline right now. We've got on the line from South Carolina, William, and I guarantee is probably cowboy related. The news just breaking. There'll be no Cowboys fans in big D. Uh, let's go out to the line. Who is, is, is William on the line with us this morning? Good morning, Jamie. How are you? Good morning, William. Okay, you're the news just broke. No Cowboys fans at Jerry World. Your take on that? Man, I didn't even get a chance to hear on that because I wanted to get on the topic with the Buccaneers, man. 
These guys are dangerous, man. Dangerous. With a capital D. Man, it doesn't make any sense. But my question <laughs> to you is, what do you think about Shady? Do you really think, Do you? I mean, I understand by name, but do you think he's the same person that can actually help the Bucks in the running game? William, Shady McCoy, 32 years of age. How much gas did you have in your tank at 32? You still, you're not doing what you did at 22. But I'm telling you right now, at 32, he's not ready to go out to pasture just quite yet. Last year, he ran for 464 yards, four touchdowns, 101 carries. He wasn't used as much as he wanted. He got put on the shelf for the playoff run. But make no mistake, this guy's a competitor. He still has some wiggle in him. He's still able to get away from people. I think if you think he's done, you're fooling yourself. He still has gas left in the tank. Now, let me ask you this. If you're Shady McCoy, you have a Super Bowl ring from the Chiefs. You didn't get to play in the big game, but you still have a Super Bowl ring. You still feel like you have something left to prove. And then all of a sudden you arrive in Tampa with a Bruce Arians offense, looking around, seeing Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and then, oh, by the way, that TB12 guy with a Bruce Arians offense. Wouldn't you be rejuvenated at 32 thinking maybe this is a great place for me to get one last chance at the brass ring? I tell you, now that you think about it, now that, now that you said it, you're absolutely right. Because with that offer, man, I just don't understand how any – Defense is going to match up because, and that's going to open Shady up. And I was, I just thought about it after he said that. I'm like, man, with the weapons that they have, it's going to open up. You can't put eight in the box. You have to, because you, you got to try to protect the receivers. And, and, and Gronk, and Gronk is just like, you're not going to stop Gronk, man. No, you're not going to stop Gronk. And when you look at, Shady, uh, throughout his career, 11,000 yards. You look at his 73 touchdowns. The guy's been very productive in terms of what he can do. But what impresses me is his receiving aspect. I mean, this guy has great hands. He can catch the football. Of course, he's got nearly 4,000 yards receiving. He's got touchdowns. He's tough in space. I mean, he's a guy. Now, he's had his best years are behind him. Let's face that in terms of his rushing. He's had some great years and receiving. He's had some great years. But I am of the belief that this guy still has gas left in the tank. And I think that's why Arians went out and said, you know what? If we add this piece right here, it's going to be a nightmare for any defense. So that's where I think it's coming from. But uh, the Buccaneers, and I'm not saying right now, we we had them as a 10-6, and 11-5 team before. I had them with 11 wins. I have them as a playoff team. Does this mean immediately that the Buccaneers can start working on their travel arrangements for the Super Bowl? No, I don't think that. And I still think there are a few pieces away. But I do think – this makes them even more potent on the offensive side. What about you? Do you see them making a long run in this thing, or do you think they're just going to get in the early playoff run and get bounced out? I, I see them making a long push, man. Um, the way it looks on paper, with the names, paper, they looking good, man. If they can get everything together by the time the season starts, it should it should really be not a problem, man. They're going to run over the Cowboys. I can tell you that. I'm, I'm just going to say that. They're going to run over the Cowboys. Um, they're just going to go up and scare Dak, and they're going to save money, and he's going to start sweating, and he's not going to throw. So, <laughs> so <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. Yesterday afternoon, yesterday afternoon, when he signed with the Buccaneers, first thing he was talking about was how excited he is 
and how much he's looking forward to being with Gronkowski and Brady and why he's trying to win another championship. He understands that the sands of time are going through the glass very quickly. He understands he doesn't have many chances left, but he feels that after spending his first six seasons with Philadelphia, who drafted him back in 2009, he's the Eagles' all-time rushing leader. Many people don't realize that. He had 6,792 yards, 44 touchdowns in 90 games. Over the course of his career, he's rushed for 11,071 yards, 73 touchdowns, currently number 22 on the NFL's all-time rushing list. So when you look at his production, it's there. He is 929 yards away from 12,000 for his career. Every running back, William, that has reached that mark of 12,000 has uh, made it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in terms of that type of productivity. They're all eligible. Once you hit that 12,000 mark, that's the magic mark to be eligible for the Hall of Fame, and he will be definitely under great consideration. But he has a lot left in the tank, and I think Brady's going to rejuvenate him uh, other than that the news out of the dallas no fans this year for the cowboys you disappointed with that obviously uh, we heard the giants and the jets and also the eagles now it's going to be no fans in dallas your take on that well i think as of right now i mean it's kind of sad but in a way you know you got to protect the players you got to protect you know you got to protect the fans so you got to do what you got to do just come in and play football, man. Like I said, right now, the Cowboys are on addition. All the guys who opt out and all the guys are there, everybody now is on addition right now. They're auditioning for next season. Hopefully next season we can get the fans back in there. We can get the, some of the starters rolled back in there and all this other good stuff, man. And the Cowboys can do whatever they need to do. And I kind of almost think, I hate to say this as a Cowboys fan, but I kind of want to see the Red Rifle, man. Sorry. I kind of want to see the Red Rifle. <laughs> I think we got you hooked, hooked on the red rifle. The Dallas Cowboys, by the way, William, and uh, Stephen Jones, of course, Jerry Jones' son, told the official uh, team website that they're still trying to get a deal done with Dak. It's uh, still fluid. They're still working on it. And he said, we're fired up about it. There's still nothing 100%, but we're still working towards getting a deal with Dak. Of course, Dak signs a $31 million deal. I think that's a lot of talk. I think they're trying to keep him positive by saying this, but I don't think they're going to get any kind of deal done until the season gets going. I think it it is what it is, and I think that's the position they're in right now. Right. Well, he's auditioning for it. He's auditioning for that money. So, I mean, if I was him, I'd stay calm, cool, and collected, and don't say anything else about contracts or anything, and keep your mind straight because you got a season coming, and these guys are going to need you. Right now, you should be thankful and happy that you're playing in the NFL, because truthfully, you could be home with a remote in your hand. You could be sitting at a table of a whole bunch of wish I could have. And uh, just be thankful that you're there and be thankful that you got an opportunity to do what most guys can't do and have fun and enjoy. And I think that's what it needs to be. You know, it needs to be. It needs to be fun. Yeah, you have a job, but you got to think about it as having fun, man, and going out there and win. And all that other stuff, is contracts and everything, that will come into play. But you got to focus on what the main goal is. You want to get in there and show them that you are worth this money. So at that end of the season, you can sit at a table and say, now, you got nothing else to say. It's going to be interesting to say – yeah, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Of course, news coming out, there will be no fans in Big D. Of course, a lot of positional battles getting underway. We're excited to see what's going to happen down there. I know you are as well. But the big one is going to be 
how much improvement Dak Prescott has had during this offseason. Has he put his time in? It's going to be seen. There'll be no preseason games. Now, that's the other thing I was really wondering about Dallas. If you had four full preseason games in the Red Rifle, let's say he outperformed Dak Prescott, would there be some rumblings or something like that? Now we just go into season where there's no pressure on Dak because there's no way that Andy Dalton can overtake him unless of an injury during the training camp area because he won't be able to do anything but go against his own team. So it's going to be interesting, but it's Dak's team. He's driving the bus right now, and hopefully he'll be able to deliver you guys where you want to go. If not, that big contract will not come through. Listen, William, we've got to take a break. We thank you so much for the call down there in South Uh, Carolina. We wish you guys well. Stay safe, and uh, thank you for that call about Shady McCoy. But to answer the question quickly, I do believe plenty left in the tank, and I think big things ahead for the Buccaneers. Hey, Jamie, before we go real quick, I still want to say, I'm going to say it again, we got to show love to Ben. Thank you, Ben. Have a good Friday, wow. sir. What is going on with this love for Ben? This William, is unbelievable. I that. More than you know. Fans Thank from you. all over the country band, loving Ben. It's about time now, somebody noticed. We have nothing but love for Ben as well. And I always say I nominate him for The Bachelor, one of the next Bachelors. He doesn't want to accept this, but I always – and ladies, by the way, out there across this great place we call the United States of America and internationally as well, uh, uh, of course, Ralph listening and his beautiful wife Gail listening in uh, London, of course, Puerto Rico. My man's single, by the way, and I'm trying to play Chuck Woolery for him. So if there's any ladies out there, I'll I'll definitely evaluate you and, and I'll pass you on because he's looking for that. Of course, you have to like the Braves and maybe an affinity for Coors Light, uh, Ric Flair, and somebody that likes Coach Ogeron. By the way, Coach Ogeron down there in LSU, we have not heard from you this morning yet. I'm just wondering. There we go. So all those applications for those single ladies, send them to the Sports King. I will go through them, contact you, Mac, and we'll set you up with that handsome producer known as Ben Maitland. And by the way, how about the love from South Carolina for Ben? Unbelievable. And you say we don't spread the love here. Anyway, we're going to take a time out and come back with this Friday morning as Ben is showered with love on this Friday edition. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, this is Tress Wavepunter for the Redskins, and you're listening to the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to CMA's ColonialHonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's ColonialHonda.com. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies' volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies' lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. You're listening to the man who thinks that Velcro is nothing more than a ripoff. The Sports King on Sports 106.1. 
Welcome back, everyone. Friday morning on the Sports King Show. We're going to cover some wide-ranging topics. I'm just seeing that Harvey Updike. Remember that name, folks? Harvey Updike has passed away age 71. He's the Alabama football fan, if you recall. The heated, hated rivalry. If you're a fan of Alabama, you hate Auburn. If you're a fan of Auburn, you hate Alabama. It just is a birthright. Things you do there in the South, you can't love one without hating the other, just the way it is. Of course, Tumor's Corner in Auburn, of course, after wins, they all go down to Tumor's Corner and they toilet paper the trees. It's just what they do. It's their tradition. If you've ever seen it, if you've ever wanted to see it, Google it, go to YouTube, take a look at it. At the end of every Auburn victory, they run out of the bars, they run from everywhere, and they throw the toilet paper high and TP the trees. It's something they do. Tradition. It was Alabama fan Harvey Updike that that called into the Paul Feinbaum radio show and basically said, I hate Auburn so much and I poison their trees at Tumor's Corner. So he was found guilty, and they found out who he was. And at the end of saying that he poisoned the trees in Auburn, he then proceeded to say, roll damn tide, roll tide. So his love for the Crimson Tide blinded him so much in terms of what he did. His fandom, if you will, went over the top in He tried to kill and destroy the trees at Toomer's Corner. Disgraceful in every way. Originally, he was not apologetic about it. He basically was forced into apologizing, and he finally did. But he did not do it without a lot of controversy in a situation that you look at and you say, man, this guy definitely went off the rails in terms of what he did to poison trees. And that's how upset he got over a football game. I mean, you're talking about this happening back in 2010. He gained national fame for poisoning the famous oak trees at all at the Auburn. When you look at what he did, and uh, as I said, he put spike 80 DF in them. He said they're not dead, but they're definitely going to die. He was eventually tracked down through use of uh, all of the tracking mechanisms they have later he pled guilty to the felony criminal charge. He spent time in jail and was ordered to pay nearly $1 million in restitution. $1 million for poisoning trees. A situation that it's okay, folks. If you're a Washington formerly, and I apologize for saying this, hopefully I don't offend anybody. If you're a former Washington Redskins fan, as I was previous to this year, and now a fan of the Washington football team. One of those things is you were raised up a Washington fan. One of the things you learn very quickly is you had a hate and a disdain for the Dallas Cowboys. You did not like that team, no matter what. If you went the entire season and lost every game, but you beat the Cowboys twice, you looked at it as not a, bad year all in all but the situation is you had to beat the cowboys sometimes if you had a great year and you lost to the cowboys it wasn't as great a year i remember back in 79 when clinton longley came off the bench after roger stallback was knocked out 
threw a late touchdown and defeated the Washington, then Redskins team, thus ruining Thanksgiving for me in many ways because it was hard to eat watching what happened. You think, hey, Roger Stallback's down. We got a chance. You know, this is going to be a win. And this guy comes from nowhere and throws these last-minute bomb touchdowns, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, I digress. Don't want to talk about that. But getting back to Harvey Updike, he passes away, and his situation getting fined a million dollars and killing trees over football. Folks, you'll never find a bigger fan than me, and there's certain teams I really don't care for, certain coaches I don't care for, certain aspects of teams I don't care for, but I'm not going to burn anything down. I'm not going to kill trees, kill plants. You can basically peacefully say I don't like that team or I don't like that coach or I don't like this situation and do so in a very calm way. This guy had such hatred for the Auburn Tigers that he took things to the extreme. And that's the thing about it, man. And I'm not just going to say the South is that way because there's teams out there, certain people, and I'll tell you another sport is NASCAR. There are certain folks that love their driver and love their team to the point where And uh, my little brother was among these guys. I mean, literally, if you talked about his driver, uh, he was a big fan of Mark Martin. If you said Mark Martin was this, that, and the other, he'd want to go behind the barn and throw the gloves down and say, let's go at it because you just offended. It's like somebody slapping your mom. Uh, These guys take their driver so serious, don't ever say anything negative or you're going to have to deal with me. And these guys are serious. I mean, they really take it personally as a personal affront, like you're affecting and going after their family. The late, great Dale Earnhardt, to this day, some people, uh, you know, or maybe out at a bar or restaurant, if you were to, uh, before the COVID situation, if you were to say something negative about a Dale Earnhardt, somebody might get up in your grill and there might be some consequences there as people take it that serious. So You can't handle is, the truth. Exactly. As much as I love sports and as much as I love folks competing against one another and I love every aspect of it, some folks out there take it too far. Harvey Updike was one of them at 71, passes away in just one of those situations. It's a shame to see when guys can't d- delineate the line of what's good and what's bad, but it is a situation that happens in sports where you have overzealous fans. And also overseas, you see in some of the soccer matches, uh, they'll burn the stands down, they'll throw uh, you know, drinks at players and drinks at opposing uh, folks coming in, staff members. It just happens. But Uh, There's a great side of sports, and sometimes there is a darker side, and uh, this was one of the darker moments in terms of Alabama football. I know Nick Saban came out right away and said, hey, we want to win with class, and this is not something we condone, and he really uh, was trying to distance himself in the program from this situation, which rightfully he should because he's done nothing but class there in Alabama. Whether you like Nick Saban or not, one thing he will do is stand up and say, this is right or this is wrong, and it's a situation that he really – Uh, came down hard on and said this guy is way off and is not a fan of ours to do something like this. That is going to wrap up hour number one. Coming back with hour number two in your phone call, 804-327-0888. Come on back, 11 o'clock hour underway momentarily. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Trent Murphy, number 93 from the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. 
CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. The Sports King Studio Line is now open. If you got a sports question, thoughts on your mind about your favorite team, we'd love to hear from you at 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. And welcome back, everyone. Friday morning, hour number two underway. Hour two of the Sports King Show. It all starts here each and every morning, Monday through Friday, live. Sports phone with Big Al, B-A-C, Big Al Coleman on these airways. We call him Hoss. Well, actually, he calls us Hoss. How many people in your life call you Hoss? Think about it. Very few. I've only been called Hoss by a few things, a few people in my time. And, of course, I wasn't on the set of Bonanza when that happened, so... That's a really old reference for some folks there. You anyway, cannot be serious. He calls us hoss. It's an enduring term most of the time. Want to let you know that the Memphis golf tournament is underway. We have the St. Jude's tournament going on, and Bryson DeChambeau making news, but not for what's happening on the course. Of course, uh, Brooks Kepka is your leader currently. We'll go through that. He's also the defending champion. DeChambeau has been the talk of the PGA Tour for all the things he's done in terms of his physical stature. But on the par 4 seventh hole, amid a strong first-round performance, DeChambeau smashed a drive into an area with trees to the left of the fairway. His lie was among pine straw and sticks. It wasn't the best lie. And the big concern for Bryson DeChambeau and his caddy was an ant hole near his feet when he attempted a stance. He said it looks like an ant hole or an ant area, he told the PGA Tour re, uh, referee Ken Tackett. He said, I just don't see how I can hit the ball here. And after some discussion, I mean, it continued on. They were fire ants. According to the USGA, ant hills or ant holes are not included as abnormal ground conditions eligible for relief. An animal hole, however, is. The conversation shifted whether or not it was an animal hole with DeChambeau's caddy asking how big a hole has to be in order for it to be considered an animal hole. Tackett wasn't buying it. He said it doesn't interfere with your stance regardless. Anyway, it's not an animal hole, referee Tackett said. The former SMU star left his second shot short and left of the hole, eventually making double bogey. DeChambeau finished with a three under 67. So here's a question. You know, you're making, of course, in this case, uh, a mountain out of an ant hill. Yes, there you go. A mountain out of an ant hill where he's asking for relief. Is he asking for relief because he's just not happy that ants are all around? They're fire ants. And then his caddy saying, listen, 
And this is an animal hole situation, not an anthill situation. So they get to arguing back and forth. Meanwhile, your playing partner sitting out there waiting for this huge discussion to get underway, get concluded, so he continued to hit, but it slowed the whole play down on this particular par for seventh hole because of the fact that it was a fire anthill. It's kind of rare in terms of golf, but, I mean, there's all kinds of animals out there. We know that. But basically this is a situation that upset DeChambeau, and he tried to get some relief, but the referee said no can do. So kind of a rare situation there in terms of what happened uh, with that, but as we said, the G- the WGC FedEx St. Jude's tournament underway in South Wind Course in Memphis, Tennessee. This tournament is uh, seventy two hundred seventy seven yards in terms of a par seventy. The purse for this tournament is ten million five hundred thousand. Your defending champion is Brooks Kepka. Currently, now the weather is eighty three degrees and cloudy. Gusts of 9 miles an hour, winds out of the southwest at 5 miles per hour, and precipitation potentially 70% in the Memphis, Tennessee area. Brooks Kepka right now is tied. Actually, he's in the lead by one over Brandon Todd. Ricky Fowler, name we haven't heard or seen on the board in a while, is in third place. Four shots off the lead. Kepka, your returning champion, is uh, through nine holes currently, two under on the day, 10 under overall for the tournament. So he's off to a really good start here in round number two as uh, he is looking to put up a number low today so he can go into the weekend on an upswing trying to defend this tournament. He loves it there in Memphis, Tennessee, and, of course, showing some great things early on in this tournament. It is a great tournament, and it's something that's got an excellent field in there. Jordan Spieth is in this. DeChambeau's in it. Kevin Kisner's in it. Webb Simpson. You've got some really good players. Dustin Johnson. So you've really got some great players in this field, so it should be interesting to see how this is going to unravel this weekend. We do want to let you know, as Ben Maitland said at the top of the program, the sad news that uh, it is official that the Major League Baseball has called off the Cardinals and Brewers ball game for today due to coronavirus concerns. The Cardinals have had now two players test positive for COVID-19, resulting in that postponement of today's game at Milwaukee, which was to be their home opener. MLB's quick decision to postpone Friday's game, which was scheduled for 2:10 start today, comes after the outbreak within the Miami Marlins, who have had 19, 19 positive tests over the past week. A source told ESPN's Jesse Rogers that if what is happening with the Cardinals had occurred before the Marlins outbreak, Friday's game at Miller Park would, ha- would still be scheduled. The Cardinals last played at Minnesota on Wednesday night. This brings the number of teams being held out of action on Friday to six. The Brewers and Cardinals will join the Marlins, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Washington Nationals, and Toronto Blue Jays, the teams affected by the fallout from positive tests. The Cardinals' positives represent the first positive test the sport has seen outside of the East Coast since the regular season started last week. So Major League Baseball has a Major League mess on its hands, and they're trying to get through it as best they can. But as you understand, this is a fluid deal, a situation that we're wondering how much more and how many games can be canceled before someone says, you know, enough's enough, we got to pull the plug on it. We hope that's not the case, but more and more teams are facing these uncertain times. We're just wondering each day, you kind of hold your collective breath and hope for the best. Love to hear from you today on the Sports King Show Hour 2. Heading into the weekend, we want to remind you a programming note on this very program, the Sports King on Monday. 
the 4th of August. It'll be our special guest, Michael O'Keefe. Michael O'Keefe, an acclaimed actor who starred in many, many, many movies and TV shows. Among them, the one that we love him for, one of the great comedies, sports comedies of all time and comedies in general, Caddyshack. He played Danny Noonan. 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 Of course, we can't forget that. He will be joining us on Monday's show, and more and more folks are asking me about this. Am I excited? You better believe it. When you watch some of the folks we've had on the show, Blue Lou Marini from the Blues Brothers, we love Blue Lou, and one of the original members of the Blues Brothers, and he talked about touring with James Taylor and all the great things and playing with all the great uh, performers he's played with, Aretha Franklin, all those greats, and have him on our show talking about the behind the scenes of the Blues Brothers uh, you can't replace those times, and hearing the stories that he had were just incredible. And this will be equally incredible with Michael O'Keefe talking about the behind-the-scenes with Ronnie Dangerfield, Ted Knight, Chevy Chase, and Bill Murray. It's in the hole! Exactly. It doesn't get any better than that. And, of course, uh, you know you know, here at the Sports King Show, we're no slouches. Actually, we're incredible such. But anyway, I digress. I do want to let you know, once again, Michael O'Keefe joins us Monday on the Sports King program. Today, in terms of Major League Baseball, here is your scoreboard and your probable pitchers on this Friday. It's going to be the Red Sox at the Yankees. Yankee Stadium, the site, uh, clear skies right now, 72 degrees. The line is the Yankees' favorite in this one, minus 180 is the price, over under 10.5. Your starters for this game, pitching-wise, Ryan Weber is going to go for Boston. Jordan Montgomery makes the start for the New York baseball Yankees. That game is at 7 p.m. is your start time there. At 7.10, the Mets at the Braves. In this game, it's going to be Rick Porcello against Sean Newcomb. And this game, of course, features the Mets 3-4 and four at the Braves 4-3. and three. That's at Cumberland Park, uh, Cumberland, Georgia. I'm sorry, Truist Park, uh, a name we still can't get used to in Atlanta. Then you've got the Reds at the Tigers. This game, the Reds at the Tigers. Luis Castillo for the Reds. It'll be Spencer Turnbull for the Tigers. Once again, 7-10 game. Comerica Park, Detroit, Michigan, Cincinnati, minus 176, over under 8.5. The Tampa Bay Rays, raising on up. Blake Snell. I'm not going to pitch unless I get mine. That's the guy. Don't care for him here in the Sports King show. Goes against Alex Cobb, 1-0, and Cobb definitely pitched very well in game one. The Orioles, 2-3, and three, hosting this game. Camden Yards is the site, minus 200 for Tampa Bay, over under 9 in this one. 75 degrees there now under rainy skies. Don't know if they'll get that one in tonight. 7.35 start time there. It's the White Sox at the Royals. Dallas Keuchel goes for the White Sox. And against uh, Chris Bubik for the Royals, Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City, the site, 70 degrees, clear skies now. Uh, Chicago, minus 165, over under 9.5 in this one. At 8.10, the San Diego Padres. Sports Kings really high on these Padres, liking these Padres, thinks they've got a real chance. Garrett Richards gets a ball for the Padres, 5-2. and two. At the Rockies, John Gray on the hill. And he is ready to go. Coors Field, the site, Denver, Colorado. Colorado minus 106, over under 11.5. Expect a lot of runs in this one. 73 degrees right now, sunny skies. Looks good there. At uh, Minnesota, at Target Field, it's going to be the Indians, 5-2 and two at the Twins, 4-2. and two. Mike Clevenger for the Indians against Randy Dobnak for the Twins. Target Field, uh, Cleveland minus 119, over under 9 in that one. 
Next up, it's going to be the Pirates at the Cubs. Uh, Cubs uh, four and two, Pirates two and four. Trevor Williams goes for the Pirates. Yu Darvish for the Cubs. Wrigley Field over under eight and a half. Chicago minus two seventeen. Seventy five degrees there now. Wrigley Field. Rangers at Giants. Mike Miner for the Rangers. No pitcher yet for the Giants. Oracle Park, San Francisco. 58 fun-loving degrees. Very cool out there by the bay. The asterisk against the Angels. Lance McCullers goes for Houston. Matt uh, Andrews for the Angels. Two and five. Angels disappointing so far. The asterisks are three and three. Over under minus 175. Houston nine and a half over under as well there. The Dodgers take on the Diamondbacks. Dodgers out of the gates quickly. Five and two. Tony Gunsolin for the Dodgers against Zach Gallen for the Diamondbacks. Chase Field, Arizona. L.A. favored in this one. Minus 136. Over under nine and a half. Nine 93 degrees at Chase Field right now. The Athletics of Oakland against the Mariners. Sean Manea goes for the Athletics. The Mariners counter with Tejon Walker at T-Mobile Park, Seattle. Oakland minus 190 over under 9 is 64. And uh, the weather very good in Seattle. Uh, of course, Ben mentioned Cardinals Brewers postponed tonight. The Phillies Blue Jays postponed tonight. And the Washington Nationals and Marlins postponed. And, very odd last night in the Nationals win to see them at home, yet they're the road team. You can't make this stuff up. We are going to go out to the phone lines on this Friday morning in hour two, and welcome to the Sports King Hotline. We've got Keith on line. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Jamie. How are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm just living the dream, as I like to say. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, I have a quick question for you. I have a very quick been a lifetime Pittsburgh Pirate fan, you know, and, and, and I grew up in the 70s and when they were really successful and then we lived through the 80s and the early 90s and when they tanked, you know, we had three years where we were, you know, hey, it looks like we're coming back. We had a, uh, the one season was 2014, I believe, maybe 15. We had a, like a 97 win season, but we still didn't win a division because the Cardinals were just great that year. But my question is to you, like your thoughts, why do you think for the last 28 years or so minus a couple years the Pirates just never can seem to bring talent and keep it you know we we all know Garrett Cole you know and how great he is but what are your thoughts on that because I don't have an answer well great question of course uh, love PNC Park been there many times they've got great talent there and I don't know. It seems like when their pitching gets going really well, their hitting doesn't. When the hitting gets going well, their pitching doesn't. It seems like sometimes they're so disjointed. But you've had some great talent through there. Of course, Andrew McCutcheon, he's no longer there. And some of right. the guys they've had through the years and they've kind of carried the team. They've had some good-looking players, good talent in the minor league system. Uh, I tell you what, if I can answer that question for you in terms of what really is wrong with the Pirates, uh, I just see a lot of issues there. I just think the the, the whole key is uh, while you have some good pieces, I just don't see the puzzle completely coming together. They do it in spurts, but not long sustained type situations. So I don't know in terms of the Pirates overall. I see them as a team on the come. I still think they're improving. But once again, I just don't know. They've So far this year, I mean, I can't really – basically get my my thoughts wrapped around them so far i mean they've doing okay i mean two and four but they're in a situation where you know you wonder if they were built for the long haul the 162 in terms of total games would have helped them over the long haul develop some of the young talent but right now 
I just, from the outside looking in, I don't see them as a contender now in the 60-game setup. I mean, uh, they've got all kinds of uh, situations. They had their manager, Shelton, run out of a game. They have a relief or a pitcher in the stands getting thrown out from the stands. I've never seen that happen before. So, uh, I don't know. Your thoughts on Shelton as a manager? Are you excited about him? I need, they got Adam Frazier, Josh Bell, Newman, Reynolds. they got some pieces. Are you happy with the management there in Pittsburgh? I'm happy with the attempts. Uh, yes, I am, because I, I think you need, you know, the, the Pittsburgh seems to, they'll bring in, you know, when you brought in Hurdle before this, you know, and you, you get this life invigorated, you know, new, new life invigorated into the team. And it, it seems to help. And, and, and I, I'm excited about this guy. He's obviously six games in. We can't judge him yet. Um, but I think, I think he has the right attitude. He has some, some great ideas. You know, but but it just again going back through history. You look at Charlie Morton. He was in Pittsburgh. He did okay at best, and then his his career succeeded much. You know, I mean, he, he's doing very well down in Tampa now, you know, and, and so forth. And I'm, I I fear that just seems to be you know like they used to say about the Oakland Athletics. We um we seem to be like a farm team for the other teams, you know. Um, <laughs> So I'm excited about what's happening now. I mean, I think I think we needed to make a change. I think you know they've got some great ideas, and it's still too early to say oh, the new regime is it going to be great or not. You know, we don't know yet, but it's a good start. And I'm just hopeful, you know, being a small market team, that we can make something happen because we we're only going to have short windows and start over again. Well, I'll tell you what, a couple guys to watch out for. we got catcher uh, Jacob Stallings, a great defensive player on the rise. I think one guy I want you to watch, and you know you have, is, I'm so excited to watch him, is Colin Moran. He's been a really a big bright spot for them early on this year. Six for 20, three home runs, uh, double in six games. Uh, he's done some really big things. Of course, back in 2018, his first at-bat hits a grand slam. 2019, his first at-bat, yep. two-run double. He homered his first at-bat 2020. So he's a guy that has a lot of promise, has a big bat. Matt is a very solid player, and so you can kind of build around guys like that. But the Pirates, while I can't tell you to get the playoff tickets uh, printed yet because I don't even know if we could go if we did get them uh, printed. It doesn't look like we're going to. I don't see this year as them being a contender. I see them as an improving, emerging team. I hate to say that. And the one thing that makes me laugh about what you said about Charlie Morton, it's so funny how certain teams, we get the players, we develop them, and just as they start to take flight, they go somewhere else and really flourish. I hate that, but right. uh, it is what it is. But we wish you the very best with the Pirates, but I still see them as a team on the rise. I don't think they have all the pieces yet, but they're definitely building and they have the likes uh as the young man i just talked about uh colin moran i think he's a guy you can build around i i think you're right but i think colin moran is going to be a victim of numbers because you got cabrian hayes coming up and then of course josh bell at first base where can colin moran play he's you know that that's the you know again these these are all typical questions of pittsburgh but yeah i was just curious to hear your your thoughts on it you know being you know you're you're not in the pittsburgh area it's it's nice to hear other people's perspective on the teams and i agree with everything you said well yeah, i tell you I, what i think we uh, do have some pieces and we i'm sorry no, I say you're exactly right. Being a small market team, you've got uh, you know new Pittsburgh GM Ben Charrington. He's a guy that's had 
some success. He seems to know talent, and you just kind of have to hold your breath there in Pittsburgh. Being a small market team, you know you're not going to always pay top dollar. You're not going to get in bidding wars, but you have to be smart with small market teams, and you have to say to yourself, we know what we are. We know what we're not. We have to put it together systematically and grow this thing organically, but you know, a lot of fans, and you're one of them, it's hard to wait when you see all these other high-priced teams like the Yankees throwing money after money after teams, and you're sitting there in Pittsburgh saying, why can't we get some of this talent? But I definitely feel your pain but uh, it's a great little park and it's a great team, great people there in Pittsburgh and we know you love your Pirates and you just kind of hang in there with them and hope for the best. Uh, well, that's all we can do and, uh, but I appreciate your thoughts and thank you, Jamie. It's good you got it, Keith. Show. You got it. Thank you so much. Keith from Pittsburgh, appreciate it. getting some uh, Pittsburgh love here as far as the show this morning. We appreciate the folks there in the Steel City. Of course, should I ask him about some Rolling Rock or some Yingling? Of course, love that stuff. Uh, rolling Rock. Do you know that Pittsburgh, so many great things come from Pittsburgh. It's Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Did you know not only Mr. Rogers, but also the Banana Split? For those fans that love Banana Splits, it started in Pittsburgh. And uh, actually started in Latrobe, to be specific, in the Pennsylvania area. But in Latrobe specifically, not only Mr. Rogers, wonderful day in the neighborhood, but the banana split and also Rolling Rock beer. I mean, can you ask for anything better than that? I'm going to take a time out, come back with more phone calls. We've loved it here on this Friday morning. More with the Sports King as the Friday edition rolls on after these messages. Hi, this is Mike Singletary, former Chicago Bear, Hall of Famer. You're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. And welcome back, everyone. Friday edition of the Sports King Show, spanning the globe. Love to hear from you. Thank you, William from Somerville, South Carolina. And Keith from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of those Pirates and Steelers of Steel City calling in this morning. We'd love to hear from you. 804-327-0888 is the number. 804-327-0888 is the number. And we want to thank all of the sponsors of the Sports King Show, starting with the Nerve Company. Never underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado, Good morning, everyone in Denver, Colorado, to the website, www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Graphics, website design, marketing plans, they do it all, and they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Also, thank you to CMA Colonial Honda. They continue to keep lies moving forward. Go out and see for yourself. New cars, used cars, an amazing selection, which can be delivered directly to your door if you'd like them to. President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove has the best car selling team in the country. They will continue to make it happen for you every time at CMA's Colonial Honda. How about the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross? If you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his outstanding staff will get you on the road to recovery. Offices in Springfield, Virginia, and Bethesda, Maryland to serve you. Join the over 180,000 people that have been seen by the best in the business. I am one of those 180,000. Dr. Paul Ross in the Podiatry Center. The Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care, heard here weekly to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. And don't look now, but it's the return of the beloved Joe Mowgli report. 
brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina University, the Chanticleers. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade and the former coach of Coastal Carolina University football, Joe Moglia, who offers insights on life, finance, and sports, which is heard weekly right here on the Sports King on Sports 106.1. It's the return of the Joe Moglia Report. And once again, love to hear from you today. 804-327-0888 is the number. And we're going to talk now about the NFL and the situation with the bubble. There was an interesting article written by Kevin Seifert from from ESPN in terms of what the success could be and should be if the NFL was to go to the quote-unquote bubble scenario. And they're not going to do that. The NFL would have to have 32 self-contained market bubbles in order to keep its essential staff healthy during the COVID-19 spikes this coming fall and winter ahead. The NFL and NFL Players Association have chosen differently, and already the decision to give players and coaches access to local communities has drawn new scrutiny, especially after the Miami Martins have experienced such a team a large team outbreak heading into week one of the Major League Baseball season. NFL medical officer Alan Sill said Monday that the league plans to have virtual football bubbles, but in essence, the structure they have now with strict rules and guidelines are great, but what happens once they leave the facility, which is my contention all along. If you're the NFL, you're looking at what happened with the Marlins, uh, you have to expect that something like this is going to happen to you unless you're able to change course and reenter some negotiations. I think the NFL needs to reexamine this and try to reexamine how they can go into a bubble scenario, maybe having players stay in a dormitory or a hotel nearby where they're totally under one umbrella in each city. I think that's the only way you can do this in any way, shape, or form. What's happening now is the NFL players are practicing, getting tested, and then going home, and then you have the opportunity of running into people that may be carrying the virus. ESPN's Max Kellerman went on record saying there's a 0%, 0% chance in his estimation that the NFL will finish the season without a bubble. He expressed his concerns about the Marlin outbreak and warned it's, it's something that's going to be happening in the future with the NFL because it'll be hard for sports to continue without a bubble-type scenario, which is working so well so far for the NBA. When you look at the situation, there is all kinds of new uh, technology going on. There is a company that uh, is called Connexon, a company that produces tracking devices for league-wide uh, protection of players. It's devices they're going to hand out to players and staff alike in order to gather as much information from players as to where they are. This connects on tracking device. Basically, some employees, some team members, and players are going to be required to wear the device while in the perimeter of the team facility. The proximity data will be uploaded to IQVIA, a company that manages all the NFL's health and safety information, which can be accessed within minutes after a positive test by each team's infection control officer, ICO. Using the data, the ICO can identify anybody who is within six feet of an infected person for at least 15 minutes during the previous 48 hours. The policy calls for the team to notify those individuals of their potential exposure and probable need for quarantining or isolation depending on the results of testing. But the ICO is given some leeway to exclude people who were, for example, within six feet of each other but on opposite sides of a wall. 
The devices are also equipped to give individuals an audio or video warning that they are within six feet or someone providing a real-time education on appropriate social and physical distancing. Teams will receive data reports that can help identify problems in the facilities where people are constantly congregating. This, in a way, becomes a social distance feedback device as well. This feedback might be more important than contact tracing because it gives us a chance to do something proactively that maybe reduces the chance of infection. The devices will be removed when the user leaves the facility, and for the parts of every day the summer, fall, and winter, team employees will be counted on to avoid a virus that is running rampant throughout parts of the United States. So on one hand, I understand what they're trying to do, but here is where the system is flawed. Everything is fine when you have the Kinetics device on inside your building where you come in contact or near somebody that may be infected. That's great there. But the problem for me and everybody that's looking at this is the device is being removed at the end of a practice session. Let's say you go to practice, you go to the meeting room, you have a bite to eat, whatever it is. You grab your gym bag, you grab your keys, and then you head towards a parking lot. Once you leave that facility, that's where the problem lies for me. Because if you go outside of that facility, and let's say, and I'm just going to throw some names out to you, you stop at the local uh, Fast Mart and you grab that handle on the gas pump and it's infected and you happen to rub your face and so on and so forth, and then everything opens up. Let's just say that's the scenario. Let's say you stop off at a Fast Mart, you go in and you hold the door handle to open up to get a cool drink or something, and then that, and you could be become infected that way. I'm just saying all these scenarios are out there. Then you go home and maybe your son or daughter comes and gives daddy a hug and they were in contact with another classmate that maybe had something from their father who does a different job or mother who does a different job and they bring it to you. So therein is the problem. It's not while you're with your teammates in the facility and you've been cleared and tested to be there. It's when you leave the facility. That's why the NBA is going to be successful because of the bubble situation and why they're staying there. Now you have knuckleheads like Lou Williams who went to a funeral. Then of course uh, does what most people do after funerals. You go to a strip club, but he liked the wings. That's what he said anyway. So best wings in Atlanta, by the way, anyway, so he goes to a strip club and then he comes back and they say, Hey, you're going to have to quarantine for 10 to 14 days. So therein lies the situation with the NBA. They identified a problem, found out the guy was somewhere he shouldn't have been, and isolated him right away. And that's why they're being super successful, because they're identifying anybody. And for the most part, 99% of the NBA players are falling in line and doing what's right. The NFL, and we can't blame the players because this is what they agreed to with the NFLPA, have decided that they're going to go home at the end of the day. They're going to go shopping. They're going to go to all the places they want to go to. And some of them are social gathering, potentially. Some of them are told not to. But who's to say a young player, 20, 21, 20, whatever the age is, decides to get together in a setting with some folks in his backyard. And some people say don't have more than 15. Let's say he has 25 or 30. And they're hanging out and they're giving hugs and high fives. And they're trying to do the right thing, but at the same time, they're being young kids. And sometimes young kids do things they shouldn't do. We all know this. So when you think you're indestructible and you're out there and you try to social distance while you're at practice, but not so much when you leave practice, some of these guys might say, you know, enough of this. I'm going to go hug my parents or hug my uh, friends and throw caution to the wind. The ones that do that, that think they are above this and they don't want to follow the rules to the letter, bring that potential of bringing it back to the park the next day or then having to be quarantined for 14 days or more. So that's the situation that I worry about is not while you're there, 
but when you leave. And that's why the NFL is very precarious right now in terms of dangling by a thread because I think even though they want to play, I think the opportunity to make it through a full season unscathed is foolhardy. I think it's just a matter of time till a player or players decide to do something outside of the lines in terms of coloring outside the lines and doing it their way. And when they do that, that's when the whole uh, series of cards are going to fall in and the house of cards will fall in and it will basically be back to square one again. So that's why the NFL in this article, though so well written, have to identify what's going on, what they can do, and have to be prepared because without a bubble, as unrealistic as it may be, the efforts might prove futile if you don't have something in place for what happens if players get infected and come back here. I know we're doing the great thing while they're here, but we can't control it when they leave. And you can't place demands on people other than saying, hey, don't do this, don't do that. We don't want you to do this, don't do that. Be wise, be smart. Hey, that's all great. But after a while, as the weeks turns in, turns in the months and you say to yourself, well, Nothing's happened so far. Let me kind of zig now. I've been zagging all this time. It's time to zig a little bit. And when you zig and go against the grain, that's when problems can occur. So I don't see college football for those same reasons. We've already heard Rutgers. What a, what a situation there with a house party with Rutgers players and all those players are now positive And now they're in a situation having to quarantine. That's on one college team. So I'm looking at all the college scenarios. I don't see that as any type of viability there. And the NFL, as much as I want it to be successful, and I know they're doing all the great things at the facility, it's outside the facility where things are going to fall apart, in my opinion. I hope, and trust me, folks, when I say I want to be wrong in this more than you know, I want it to be a 1,000% smooth sailing, no issues, but I just can't see how you can have that many cities, that many teams, that many surfaces, that many possibilities, that many people that can go outside and color outside of the circle and say to themselves, I'm just going to do this, or I'm going to go down maybe to this uh, Chinese restaurant or this Italian restaurant and get some food here or get some food there, maybe shake somebody's hand I haven't seen in a while, and maybe they're infected, and then um, it's just a mess. But anyway, how many players of the entire NFL family are going to stay totally under that situation where they won't go outside and do something? These are young kids, and you can't say, hey, they should know better. They should. But all of them will, at some point, in some case, not all, but some will basically say, you know what, I'm going to do something a little different today than I've done. I feel good about this, and it just takes one. It only takes one, and then the dominoes start falling. So that's my take. What's yours? 804-327-0888. Do you think we can make it through the NFL under the current guidelines as they are right now, or do you think the system is set to fail as I do? I just don't see it happening. The NFL is really, in my opinion, in a precarious position. NBA will succeed because of the implementation of the bubble effect. That's the take I have. Love to hear from you. 804-327-0888. Coming back with the final 20 minutes of the Sports King Show. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Hi, sports fans. This is former Washington Redskins quarterback and Super Bowl 26 MVP, Mark Griffin. You are listening to my favorite sports show, The Sports King, hosted by my great friend, Jamie King, on Sports 1061. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. 
It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. And welcome back, everyone, to the Sports King program. And of course, we appreciate all of you. Facebook Live, Sports 1061. Going to take a little time off next week. I've got details coming on that. A little vacay, as they say. In the business or anywhere else. little vacay. We'll talk about that. I do want to let you know that so far, 31, count them, 31 NFL players so far have opted out, potentially more on the way. So 31, we know of a ton with the uh, New England Patriots, so they're going to have to fill in a lot of holes there. But 31 so far overall. And the news, of course, uh, we'll get to Ben momentarily. He's going to re uh, join us and talk about the situation with the Brewers and Cardinals cancellation. But I did want to let you know that the Miami Marlins, after an 18th player have tested positive for COVID-19 today, are getting multiple sleeper buses to take infected players and coaches back to Miami. This according to Jesse Rogers from ESPN. In all, the Marlins have had 18 players of the 33 traveling players with the team and two coaches test positive over the past eight days, according to ESPN. All games for the team have been postponed through Sunday night. Want to head back to Sports King, Sports Desk with Ben Maitland now, who has an update on a bunch of stuff, starting off with the Brewers and Cardinals. Take it away, Ben. Yeah, Jamie, thank you again. Good morning to you again. Um, Mark Saxon, who is a writer for The Athletic, he covers the Cardinals for The Athletic, had this tweet about a half hour ago. He says, a source informed me of the names of the two Cardinals who tested positive. The Athletic has a policy of not outing positive cases without their approval, so I will honor those players' privacy. We feel comfortable sharing this. Both are pitchers. So the two Cardinals players who have tested positive for COVID-19 that was released this morning, they are both pitchers. I have that update uh, for you as far as uh, the players are concerned for uh, for the Brewers and Cardinals. Uh, let me get back to it here. Give me one second. The league has also released a statement, the latest from Major League Baseball. 
Uh, this statement from the league says, quote, today's scheduled game between the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals at Miller Park has been rescheduled as part of a traditional doubleheader on Sunday, August 2nd at 1.10 Central Time. The rescheduling as a result of two positive COVID-19 tests in the Cardinals organization is consistent with protocols to allow enough time for additional testing and contact tracing to be conducted. Saturday's game between the clubs, the one for tomorrow, will remain as scheduled for 6.10 p.m. Central Time. Major League Baseball will continue to provide updates as appropriate. So you have a doubleheader now on Sunday. Today's game rescheduled as part of a doubleheader for Sunday between the Cardinals and Brewers. And one other note from Major League Baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies uh, still do not have any positive tests. They released a statement themselves, the Phillies did, their statement reads, quote, the Phillies have received the results of yesterday's COVID-19 testing, and there are no new positive results. Activity at Citizens Bank Park will remain suspended, though, until further notice. So that's an update on the baseball front, and I'll send it back to you. Well, I did want to bring you back real quick, uh, Ben. Can we talk for a moment about the Indian Shane Bieber? Of course, this guy, the fourth pitcher since ni- uh, 1893 with 10 Ks, Zero runs in each of his first two starts. 27 strikeouts in two games. This guy has filthy stuff. Has this surprised you with the play so far of Shane Bieber, a guy that is definitely, I think, surpassing everybody in terms of the pitcher you want to keep your eye on this year? Yeah, he's certainly making a an early statement. You know, if we, you know, if the season is to continue, uh, you're still going to have an award season it's going to be a very weird award season i mean the whole situation is strange let's face it for major league baseball right now what they're trying to go through with uh with the coronavirus and and all the positive tests that have come back with the marlins and everything but shane is is looked great through his first two starts for for cleveland he's 25 years old i believe he is a uh university of california santa santa barbara alumni i believe i have that right uh, I mean, his start last night against the Twins was incredible. His his opening day start was awesome, and he made some history last night. I talked about this earlier on on Sports Phone with Big Al uh, as part of our By the Numbers segment that he has struck out, you just mentioned, 27 guys through his first two starts. That ties him with Carl Spooner of the Brooklyn Dodgers for the most strikeouts through two starts in a season since 1901. Carl Spooner did that all the way back in 1954. So some some pretty select company for Shane Bieber to punch out that many guys through two starts to start a season, um, with the only other time again happening back in the fifties. So uh, he's he looks great. I mean his stuff is incredible. I know the Indians are very high on him as far as where he can take them at, at the front of the rotation. They don't have Corey Kluber anymore. Uh, of course, was traded to the Rangers and he's now dealing with a uh, a shoulder injury of his own. Corey Kluber is so it's really Shane's. You know, ship to run there as far as being the guy in the rotation for Cleveland. Mike Clevenger is also there still. Uh, I think they have uh, Carlos Carrasco back who looked pretty good. I think he's only made one start thus far for Cleveland. So they've got some pieces. A lot of people thought maybe they'd make it take a step back in Cleveland this year. But so far, they've they fired off through a couple of games. I think it would be them and the Minnesota Twins to watch as we progress through the rest of this season should we continue playing as the teams to watch in the American League Central. And Shane Bieber certainly going to have a say in how things play out in that division. Absolutely. Momentarily, I'll bring it back to you, Ben, because I want you to talk about Denny Hamlin's big night in Kansas City last night. But right now, I want to mention to you about the NBA. The players uh, are going to get $2.5 million in disability insurance, according to sources. After a new agreement, the NBA Player Association, NBA himself, players receive $2.5 million insurance benefits in the event of a career-ending injury, according to ESPN, the NBA. MP- 
BEPA had been pushing for a raise in permanent disability policy that previously paid at approximately 312000 in each case. The insurance covers career-ending injuries sustained on and off the court, including complications caused by COVID-19, according to sources. So a good deal overall for the NBA players in terms of if anything were to spike up, they will be protected uh, with a good deal for them overall. Do you want to send it back to Ben? And, of course, Local boy makes good again. Denny Hamlin, who'd been out of the top 10 the last few races, found the groove last night in Kansas City. Can you give us some details on that, Ben? Well, actually, last week, if you, if you want to go no, back. I'm sorry, last week. Yeah, I last, apologize. No, it's okay if you want to go back. Uh, it's been a while since the Cup guys. I'm thinking about Indy. I'm thinking about all the upcoming <laughs> races. But no, Hamlin has just been on fire, and he he's has, the guy yes. I think is going to be your driver of the year. Yeah, he's got a chance to to finally get over the hump and win a championship. That's the only thing really missing from, from the Chesterfield natives' resume is a Cup Series title, and a lot of people thought he had a real shot at it a year ago when they got to Homestead in, in the final race last November, and it ended up being his teammate Kyle Busch who took home the hardware, uh, winning the race and winning the title last November at Homestead. But then he's off to a great start so far, uh, even especially post, um, post-pandemic post break since the Cup Series has come back. Uh, they've been back since the middle part of May. He's won four races since then. He's got five wins total this year, including the Daytona 500 back in February. One last Thursday night at Kansas. He's the guy to beat right now between himself and, and Kevin Harvick. I think they have certainly separated themselves at the moment as far as the guys to watch and the guys to beat week in and week out on the cup front. Um, he will start second this weekend up at New Hampshire. Eric Almarola drew the pole for Sunday's race up at the uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway up there in Loudoun. It'll be Almarola rolling off first. Uh, Denny Hamlin starts second. Chase Elliott third. Brad Keselowski fourth. Kyle Busch will roll off fifth, still looking for his first win in the Cup Series this season. It's been a bit of an off year for Kyle. Clint Boyer rolls off sixth. Kevin Harvick seventh. Alex Bowman eighth. Joey Logano starts ninth. Kurt Busch tenth. Martin Truex Jr., who a lot of people think has a shot this weekend, uh, driving the Joe Gibbs number 19 car. Truex starts 11th, and then Ryan Blaney rounds out the uh, top dozen starters for that race Sunday at New Hampshire. I certainly think Harvick and Hamlin finished 1-2 in that race a year ago. Uh, we're banging doors coming to the, the start-finish line up at Loudoun last season. So I, until further notice, until someone else kind of lays claim to the um, the driver to watch, those two are the guys to watch right now. I think Denny Hamlin and Harvick, and I think they'll be right in the mix on Sunday too. Okay, awesome. And I'll tell you what, that Hamlin – he is really, uh, you know, it's Joe Gibbs' team, and he is all, you know, he's one of those guys you have to consider. Uh, of course, as you said, one of the top drivers throughout this year. Of course, five wins. He's done a great job, and of course, local guy. We always pull for our local drivers in and around the area, and also the local athletes we have. We do want to let you know on the golf front, the WGC FedEx underway round number two. It is Brendan Todd now. Your leader, Brooks Kepka, has fallen on hard times. Two shots back right now. He's still within striking distance. But Brendan Todd is 14 uh, through 14 holes, four under in the day, 10 under overall, and doing well there. Brooks Kepka, second place, eight under, tied with Ricky Fowler, a name we always root for but have not seen on the leaderboard in some time. He's there. Your next uh, closest American is Shea Ravie at six under. 
Dustin Johnson at 400, Justin Thomas at 400 as well. So a bunch of Americans on the leaderboard there in the top 10 of that event. Once again, the WGC FedEx St. Jude International underway round number two. And your purse is 10500000 Defending champion is Brooks Kepka, who is currently in second place. So that is going to be some excitement. We're getting more and more sports back. Of course, we're holding our breath on this baseball side. Last night, of course, um, there was some kneeling during the National Anthem in, in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Of course, uh, that went off without a hitch. And some people liked it. Some people didn't. But once again, it allowed people to express themselves and do so as the NBA got back with two exciting games, two two-point games last night to start the NBA season. Today, again, letting you know in terms of the NBA schedule, if you're an NBA fan, things get underway at 2.30, Magic and Nets, 4 o'clock, Grizzly at Trailblazers, 4 o'clock, Suns at the Wizards. The game I really am watching tonight, I'll be excited on ESPN, Celtics at Bucks. Don't miss that one. Kings at the Spurs. Rockets at the Mavericks at 9 o'clock. Close it out in that game. James Harden, Russell Westbrook against Luka Doncic. That game will be super exciting. It's a one-and-a-half-point favorite are the Mavericks right now in this one. And this one, 229-and-a-half is the over-under for that game. Expect a ton of points in that one. And if you love offense, you're going to love that game between the Rockets and, of course, the Mavericks. Of course, I wonder if Mark Cuban's going to be down there in Florida or if he's going to be watching from home. Not sure on that front. So that is it so far today. We can't thank you enough for joining us as we have an exciting week next week. Of course, I'm going to be heading out, taking a needed vacation. But on Monday, we cannot wait to have with us Michael O'Keefe, the acclaimed actor, of course, who played Danny Noonan. Hello, Noonan. And, of course, uh, what a great performance he had in Caddyshack. Can you imagine, as a young guy as he was, an actor, to have to appear on the stage in a in a setting with all the greatness there with Chevy Chase and Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight, Bill Murray, and you got to somehow find a way to make yourself relevant among these greats and how he had to do the best he could, and he did an amazing job, and he never looked to me nervous, and that was part of his acting ability. If you've seen him, he's been in Homeland. He's been in every practically every major uh, show out there. He's in a ton of things coming up with Kevin Bacon on a Netflix special. He's coming in on that with a movie getting ready to be released here in August. We're going to talk about that. He's also got a movie coming out with uh, John C. Riley. Of course, he is uh, famous from the Step Brother movies with Will Ferrell. They're doing a uh, special on the L.A. Lakers. That should be a lot of fun. I'm interested in seeing that sports movie. So that's going to wrap it up for the Friday edition. It has been a long week, and we say it all the time. We're one step closer to where we want to be. We certainly hope that the sports world starts to come back stronger than ever. We're expecting big things this weekend over the NBA landscape. Major League Baseball taking a deep breath, hoping for the best. The NFL camps are underway, and we're worried about that situation, hoping these guys are safely coming and going and that we can keep that going for some football in the fall and the NHL underway soon. So that is it for the Friday edition of the Sports King. I want to thank Ben for his work behind the glass for the Big Al Show and mine as well. And thank all of you for joining us Facebook Live at Sports 106.1. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be kind to one another. We'll see you back here Monday for a special edition with Danny Noonan and himself, Michael O'Keefe. Have a great weekend.